Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Again, this is Pam Perry, and thank you for joining Get Out There and Get Known podcast. My intro was stopping, but I am not. So I'm going to really tell you a little bit about today. Our guest that we have today, Michelle McKinney-Hammond, who is all the way from Ghana today. But let me give you a little bit about Michelle. Michelle wasn't always in Ghana. She is known as the queen of reinvention. Michelle McKinney-Hammond leads audiences on a journey through what it means to be empowered to live their fullest potential, be significant, acquire spiritual completion, and experience fulfilling love. She brings a refreshing perspective to the age-old scriptural principles and transformational truths. Profound lessons laced with humor and practicality are her trademarks. She remains an unforgettable addition to any conversation or event. And I just love her because I've known her for probably over a couple of decades. I'm going to add her in and we have Michelle McKinney Hammond. (laughs) Hi, Pam. (laughs) I don't know what was happening with my intro. It was like going in and out. I'm like, you know what? We are still going to keep it moving. (laughs) You know, I'm just glad that technology proves you cannot replace humans. Not quite yet. Yes, that is so true. So Michelle is, uh, the bio really didn't do this because she's done so much. She's had television shows. She uh, records records. She's an actress. She writes films or produces films. Uh, she's had, I want to say, 25 books. 42. 42. Okay. So <laughs> double plus. Okay. 42 <laughs> books. Uh, yeah. They And they weren't, they, they were... All bestsellers, just about all of them. If not, I I know in the millions of copies. And mm-hmm. so, people who know Michelle McKinney Hammond know that the quality that she brings, the uh, refreshness that she brings, and just really people who love her, follow her, and adore her know that she didn't just end up here. She didn't just end up here. So she's going to tell us a little bit of how her story uh, started. And uh, some of the people that are along the way that really helped her get to where she is because 42 books and being a well-known brand did not happen overnight. So, uh, Michelle, if you can kind of tell our audience a little bit about how you started and then some of the pivotal points of where you kind of knew that your career was going to be a full-time speaker and author. Mm-hmm. Well, my background actually was advertising, Pam. And I, I think mm-hmm. I've met you at that point, to be perfectly yes. honest. Yes. And um, I was an art director, copywriter, producing commercials for McDonald's and Coca-Cola. And I think you had clients that you would bring to us. And that's how we first met. And then later, you were also instrumental in doing, uh, helping me do what I do. Um, so you've been in my life for a very long time. I think you're just one of my God kisses and you permanently stained on my cheek somewhere. Yeah. You know, 
that's, that's all right for me. <laughs> but um, so I, I, I lost my job for a year at Burrell and moved to California where I met Bunny Wilson, um, mm -hmm. who wrote uh, Liberated Through Submission, had a, um, a, a fellowship out there for um, celebrity Christians called uh, Fellowship West. I got very involved with them. Um, moved back to Chicago, got my job back at Burrell, but kept those friendships and those relationships going. And I had really been struggling with being a Christian single and then finally had that breakthrough moment when I was excited and sharing with her what God had given to me um, to get me to that place. And she said, you need to write a book about that. Now, Bunny had just written a book called Night in Shining Armor, which was um, mm -hmm. published by Harvest House. And uh, <clears throat> I said, Bunny, I can't write no book. I, I'm, you know, I'm in advertising. 30 seconds. That's it for me. That's all I got. She said, girl, as much as she said, as much as you like to talk, there's a book in there. It's just one long conversation. I said, okay. So I started kind of writing, you know, what my struggle was with, uh, you know, Christian, with, with being a Christian and being single. And I wrote a chapter and I thought that was cute. And then being a happy sanguine, I forgot about it after that. Cause I was busy running around the world doing commercials for Coca-Cola and McDonald's and Ford, you know, going to soul train awards and having myself a good time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I get fired by, from Burrell. I get hit by a car. And so three surgeries and a year and a half in bed later, I finished that book, what to do until love finds you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, my friend stood around my bed as I was laid there in this machine that was moving my knee up and down and said, what do you think God is saying to you? I said, I don't know. They said, what do you think about that book you started writing two years ago and never mm. finished? Why don't you finish that? So a friend of mine literally would come over every Sunday and I laid in bed and would write and she would send out query letters. And Pam, I had a huge stack, hundreds of rejections. I always told the people at Harvest House, I wish I could find your rejection letter because they sent me one too initially. <laughs> and they end up publishing millions of your they books. They end up right? publishing over 20 of my books, right? <laughs> so um, finally, this little publisher, <clears throat> small independent publisher, picked it up. And um, so I got an attorney to look at the contract and the contract. And the attorney said, this contract is so bad. I don't want any part of this. If you want to go with these people, you can sign it by yourself. I'm peace. I'm out. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he so said, I, this is so bad. Yeah, they said it was so bad. So I said, man. So I called Bunny and I said, Bunny, these people want my book. And my attorney said, I shouldn't sign with them. She said, well, let me read it. So I sent it to her. She said, let me send it to my publisher. Mm -hmm. So she called the publisher, which was Harvest House, and told them about it. Bill Jensen, who is now an agent. Um, I spoke to him and he was kind of like standoffish, like, well, let me look at it, you know. So, okay. So that, you know, he had looked at it and I never heard from him. So I was going to go with this little. So when they, when my attorney told me not to sign that contract, I called him and I said, look, I just turned down a publishing deal. Mm -hmm. I really want to be with Harvest House. Mm -hmm. So I'm coming back to you before I start shopping my book anywhere else. He yeah. said, give me three weeks. I said, okay. And two weeks later, he called me and he said, I'm coming to Chicago to meet you. Unbeknownst to me, he had gone into Bob Hawkins office, who was the president of Harvest House and said, this woman is a real writer. I want to grow old with her. We have got to sign her. Wow. He said, well, if you feel that strongly about it, go ahead. 
So he came and he signed me and what to do until love finds you came out and it sold out of his first printing in three weeks, 12,000 copies. Whoop! And they were like, what happened? She's an unknown author. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus is the author. He's very well known. Alfreda <laughs> <laughs> says one of my favorite authors, very inspiring as single coach. Okay. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. So, um, you know, Pam, publishing was very different then than it was now, than it is yeah. now. Um, they had their own PR person and they sent me out on interviews. Uh, you know, we did a 700 Club. We did Huntley Street in Canada. I went to Winnipeg and did It's a New Day. Um, I think I was on the Gavin Day McLeod Star. show. Day you know, mm-hmm. yeah, Daystar. You know, they just sent you all over the place and it was very um, heady. It was, you know, I was like, it was just yeah. yeah, I was like, what just happened to my life? I mean, I wasn't really ready for any of it. You know, I kind of like <laughs> said, well, this is cute. Let me finish this book. And then poof, the whole world blew up. Next but, thing they come me. I do want to say this, Michelle. So you and Bunny, you were at Harvard House. You, it was yeah. not like it was a black Christian publishing house. You yeah. are, it was in Oregon, I believe. It was in Eugene, Oregon, still yes. is. Um, so, so you're one of the few that they had, if not the first two. You were the only. Yeah, yeah, we were the only. Let's let's put it that way. Let's just get real here. We were the only. Now they have they have more now. I mean, yeah. Deborah Smith-Pigay has done a lot mm-hmm. of books with them. She's yes. a dear friend of ours as well um, and, and several others. But, you and know, I remember- You guys were trailblazers. Yeah, I remember going to um, CBA which is the Christian Booksellers Association, which was mm-hmm. their huge conference that they had every year. And there weren't any black people there. I mean, no. I remember people would come up to me and say, where are the other black authors? And I was a little embarrassed. I mean, T.D. Jakes wasn't even out yet, you know? Nope, nope, so, he wasn't publishing was books just, yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just me and Bunny. And uh, people would just line up to just see us. We were like a circus attraction almost because it was like, <laughs> look at these black people here, you know, wow, <laughs> you know? And I'll never forget that my first books did not have my picture on them. And I remember they finally decided to put my picture on one, uh, Sassy Single and Satisfied. Yes, yes. And that and blew up. It blew up. I mean, like over 100,000 copies were like, because yes. people yes. were like, oh my God, a black author? You know, the black yes. books finally found me. It was in me. today's Christian Woman. I remember that. You were in exactly. there. And it exactly. was like, oh my God. Yes, yes. I'll never forget that because I, I was at CBA and I came out of the bathroom and I ran into Liz Curtis Higgs, who I did not know at the time. Okay. It was a okay. huge, you know, and she walked up to me and I had hair kind of like what you're wearing right now. And she said, I like your hair. Is it yours? And I said, well, I paid for it, so I guess it is. <laughs> and Liz is crazy. So she she could have that she could handle that answer, okay? you're funny. I want you to come to my breakfast. I still did not know who she was. I was like, what time is the breakfast? And she said, 7 a.m. I was like, what child? That's really pushing it for me. I'm not a morning person. The Holy Spirit said, you better get up and go to that breakfast. So I got up and I went to the breakfast. I was late. You know, I was Ghanaian before I knew I was Ghanaian. Anyway, (laughs) I got there and kind of slithered into my seat and everybody was already talking. And I was the last person and she had everybody stand up and introduce themselves. I did not know that this was some like exclusive event that I should have felt privileged to be at. 
And so I stood up and I just said, hello, I'm Michelle McKinney Hammond. I'm a new author. My book is What to Do Until Love Finds You. I'm with Harvest House. And it's a book for singles because there is no single stuff out there. And I basically said that and sat back down. So this woman taps me on the back and says, I need to talk to you. I go, okay. So afterwards, she comes to me and she says, uh, I went to Today's Christian Woman magazine and we'd really like to interview you about your book. Can we have lunch with me back when we get back to Chicago? I said, sure. So I get back to Chicago and I think we're just going to have lunch and have a nice time. She shows up with photographers and all kinds of stuff. And she's that like, a, that was a photo shoot. Yes. 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 Like I remember that. I remember yeah. that issue. That was a big deal. It was a they big not, deal. They did not have black people in today's Christian woman. No. Not with a photo shoot. Talking exactly. about sassy. Sassy. They, and you're going to be Christian? Like, what is yes. that? How you going to yes. be sassy? They ended up putting me on the cover. I was, I think, of the first black person ever on yes. their cover. Yeah, and it was it was a big deal. And so then after that, I ended up on the cover of the Plain Truth. They said that I was one of three women at the time, and that was Mother Teresa and um, um, uh, what's her name, Bush, uh, uh first Barbara lady Bush. Bush, Barbara Bush. And I was like, what? So, well, you know, I mean, it was a trailblazer. And that's just really thinking of someone who has in Chicago working in advertising um, at that point, hit by car, not really sure she's going to write a book, started a book. And then, you know, it's like God knew. God do. It's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do this book thing. And so basically your book sold the average book, just so people know, the average book sells about two to 300 copies a year. Mm -hmm. Michelle's first book was like a thousand times more than that. Her first yeah. book. So by this time, Sassy, Sassy Single, um, can't think of. Well, it was What to Do Until Love Finds You oh. was first. And they came back and said, what do you want to write next? And I was like, I got to keep this up. I thought I had done, you know, the assignment, you know, and um I, so I ended up writing Secrets of an Irresistible Woman, which yes. also became a bestseller and sold over 100,000 copies, like, bam. Um, Denise Waters says that, that was her favorite book. Denise oh, Waters quotes. Yeah, she said that was her favorite. <laughs> wow, great. And it's still selling. I mean, it's just amazing. That book has never, you know, like, stopped selling. Those two books. And then um, I wrote uh, The Power of Being a Woman. It was actually The Art of Femininity. Ooh. I ended up on The Bill Maher Show. Mm. <laughs> that's unusual that he's a big uh yeah yeah, yeah. politically was... incorrect yeah and i ended up doing uh no then after that i did um if men are like buses how do i catch one i ended up on bet how do you um, come up with these titles going through this traditional christian publishing housing that's what i'm saying you are just like wrecking all of the the the, the yeah. paradigm yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, Sassy Single like Satisfied came out after that. Mm -hmm. That has to so, be my favorite title. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I ended up on BET and um, Soap Talk with that one. And then um, I did Sassy Single and Satisfied, and that became a bestseller, over yes. 100,000 copies. That so, became like a movement at that point, because then yeah. it became like a movement, because people were just saying that all the time. About yourself, did you do a, was that when was you that, did the conference in Chicago? When, when was around there? 
I did the conference after the Diva Principle came out, which was another bestseller. Yes, it went, I love it that was one. over 100,000 copies. And that's when I started having uh, Diva Principle conferences. And women came from all over the world for them. And it was a whole weekend. Just It was just healing. And it was just pretty amazing. So, you know, one thing just led to another, led to another, led to another. You did the TV show. Yes. Well, you know what? By then... So let me back up a minute, because after the cover of Chris, Today's Christian Woman came out, I got a call. I had met a woman, Carol Kent, and she was actually the one that trained me to be a speaker. Oh, and she was Michigan. Yes, I just finished doing her speakers conference right before oh, this call. Yeah, that was in Grand Rapids. Yeah, in Grand Rapids. Duh. Yes. Yeah. So now she said, I want to represent you. I think you're going to be an amazing speaker. And I was like, I don't think I want to do that speaking thing. I don't think I know nothing about that. And she was like, oh, yes, you're a speaker. So she took all my information. So she calls me and says, I just got a call from the Women of Virtue Tour, and they want you to do 12 dates with them. I was like, huh? What? Oh, my goodness. So, oh my God. so I packed up my little mother. I packed up my little mommy and said, Mommy, you can come and do my book table. And I had, <laughs> you know, my, my little two. I had, I think I had, yeah, I had just one book at that time. So my mother, you know, I'll never forget the story. She said she set up the tape. She put 10 in a little fan on the table. And this woman came and told her, oh, no, honey, you need to put the whole box on the table. And she said, after I spoke, the doors flung open and those women descended on her. She didn't know what happened when she looked up all the books were gone, you know. So it was a whole new experience for us. And all of a sudden I was on this talking circuit because of course, every time I went somewhere, women went back to their churches and told their pastors that they had to bring me. So next thing I knew, I literally was on a plane two to three times a week. And I ended up speaking everywhere. The Crystal Cathedral, Eddie Long's church, Creflo Dollar, um, mm -hmm. the Potter's House. I did Women Thou Art Loose conferences. Yes. Um, there's still one video that keeps going viral every year. It resurfaces and goes viral all over again. Millions of people have watched it. So I, you know, I was just running to keep up with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I um, ended up speaking. I was on tour with uh, E-Women for years. You know, I went from when they were doing venues of 500 people to they to them doing stadiums with 20,000. So literally, but it was a progression. And I think that people need to know that. I, I didn't quit my day job when this stuff started happening. Yeah. I wanted and, to you know that to people, yeah. Because yeah. the, the advance they give you is is a good advance, but you've mm -hmm. got to, you've got to earn that back and get the royalties, right? Yeah. So it's not like- Exactly. Can, yeah. So people have to understand that. Yeah. And then it just takes time and that sort of thing. But going on television, because you came to Detroit, you did CTM with Glenn Plummer a couple of, two or three mm -hmm. times. Um, yeah. CT, Total Christian Television, you did that. And then every time you do that, books would sell, but then also people would ask you to speak. And that's really yes. how the whole things, you, the books would sell and the people would, would ask you to speak. And then when they would ask you to speak, I remember you spoke at Marvin Sapp's church. Mm -hmm. um, Melinda brought you in, Melinda Sapp. I miss her so much. I think about yes. her so much. Yes. So but you you spoke there and then the books would sell out. But mm -hmm. the, the point of it is, is that you were open to what God had for you next. And you knew yes. when was time 
if you're going two or three times a week traveling, you knew when it's time, you got to leave the job because, yeah. you know, it's like. Well, I'm here was the thing. Guys. Fortunately for me, I, I was doing freelance advertising. So it gave me a little bit of leeway um, where I was free to travel, but I still had to work to maintain because I like nice things and I like living a certain way. And, uh, you know, so I kept working and I actually told God, I said, God, if you want me to go into full-time ministry, I'm going to leave it up to you how to make that happen financially. I And I used to do a lot of voiceover commercials. I ended up doing a big red commercial. Now the flavor you love lasts longer than ever. That became my salary for a year. Wow. And it freed me to be able to, to do the uh, the speaking engagements and not feel that pressure. I mm -hmm. still filled in with, with um, freelance jobs, you yeah. know, but then I would travel. And then eventually ministry overtook that and I was able to let that go. Wow. Wow. So you did voiceovers too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I sang on jingles. I sang on jingles and did voiceovers. Man, that is Yolanda Spearman. She's on here and she's like, amen, amen. She's a, voice <laughs> she's a voiceover artist as well. Oh. And she says, you're talking, she says, you're talking to me. Thank you for sharing this. So mm. that is good. She says, thank you for talking to me. Thank so one of the things too, that I remember, so uh, you, you did the thing in Chicago. So let's go back mm -hmm. to your event. Mm -hmm. You did it in a very upscale place in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was primarily African-American women. Tell us a, about the first time that you did that, because I remember you were saying that people were like, what? What is this demon thing going on? <laughs> and this is, this is like in the high rent district of Chicago. Yes. Black women stepping in here with all these hair, nails and, and hair. Yes. On. <laughs> It was it was the Diva Principal uh, Conference, and they came from Friday to Sunday. It was held at the Hyatt. People flew in. They flew in from Hawaii. They flew in from all over the states. I even had some people come in from England. Wow. We had about 250 women for the first one. Oh, my God. And it started with a book club on Friday afternoon where we went through my novel. Oh. And um, it was, I which wanted novel, something. Which novel was that? The last 10% and playing God. And let me just put up, do a shameless plug right here because Akosua Buzia, who was Nettie on the color purple, mm -hmm. has started an audio book company called oh. Speak the Word. And she is featuring my novels this month on her oh Speak the Word. Yes. Is that on Audible or is that, where is that? It's, no, she has, it, she's like Audible. It's called Speak the Word. It's a, it's Speak a Audible. Yeah, speak this the word. Be in the show notes because I definitely want people to do that. Nettie, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, speak the word. The, the okay. last, um, the last ten percent is um the book that she is featuring, and we'll be following up with Playing God, which are my two novels. But and um, is, out of the forty-two books, so she did two novels. Just so that you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to put any shade on anybody that writes nonfiction, but writing novels is a different mind than writing mm -hmm. the nonfiction books. So this is, this is a woman that said, I don't want to be a writer. I can't write no book. And next thing you know, she's written 42 books and two of them are novels. Okay. <laughs> and then this is one, I don't want to speak. And she's spoken on like thousands and thousands of stages in front of millions and millions of people. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what else? You, what else don't you say you gonna do that we know you gonna do? 
Well, you know, I do a little bit of everything. But you know, it's so funny. I I have to, you know, so many people have asked me, when is the movie coming out or when is yes. the television series happening with those two novels? Because everybody fell in love with the characters or they've been beating me up for part three. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, but, um, and that totally just came out of, I don't know where that came from, but it was totally a different writing experience because, you know, I love myself help and telling folk what to do, but I was able to paint characters that people could relate to and see themselves in and still teach lessons based on their horrible choices and their brokenness and, and see also reconciliation and take place. So it, I, I really love the experience. People fell in love with them. I've had uh, uh, two book clubs based on those, mm -hmm. Pam. And it's amazing how the women from those book clubs, they started a WhatsApp group. And they still talk to each other all day, every day since that book club ended. So it really, it really created some bonds and deep friendships because the things in the novel uh, were so vulnerable. I mean, one, one book club, we had to extend the book club because there was one club, all they did was cry. <laughs> they just cried the whole time. And I was like, wow, we didn't get nothing done this session. We don't have to add another session to finish this book because they just cried. Oh it was God. hilarious, but it really, you know, touched them. And, and, and so for me, that's, that's such a feeling of, of accomplishment to, to, to push buttons on that level. But the thing that I think that is critical to, to, to know here is that there's no Cinderella story when it comes to this, that um, it takes years. Um, it takes, um, you being consistent in creating a momentum mm -hmm. uh, and not giving up, you know, um, one thing led to another. And I have to say that it's a very different world in publishing now than Amen. it was then. Publishers, I think, championed you more back then. Um, since then, and you could probably speak to this more. Now, if you go for a publishing deal, they won't know how many followers you have, and, you know, all that kind of stuff that really doesn't mean anything because you can have no followers and have followers. You know what I'm saying? Right. But right. They, they, but they're really pushing you into, into social media. So you've got to have that going on um, and you've got to become inventive in the way you do things. Um, I have not done books for several years because I turned my, uh, I moved to Ghana. Right, right. I moved to Ghana. And I think that a lot of public publishers felt like I'm, I I fell off the face of the earth, which is not true because um, Ghana's people not, buy Ghana's books. not near the moon? Hmm? Ghana's not near the moon? No, Ghana is like, you know, like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a 10-hour flight. <laughs> right, right. It's like, it's, it's, you don't have to take a rocket to get there. It's just a regular airplane. Right, and people buy books here. They buy tons of books, more so than ebooks. So actually, publishers are missing the mark by ignoring Africa, by ignoring Europe, where people mm -hmm. still like a good solid book in their hand more than they like ebooks. So it's really um, a big mistake on their part to ignore this market. And I'm telling you what, Africa will not be ignored because I drive down the street every day and I see my books on the road. And I know they didn't come from the publisher. I know that wow. they've gotten it, copied it, and they're selling. Okay. Wow. Wow. They yeah. were like, we wanted, we're gonna make make sure it happens. So yes. one, of the, one of the things your last book you did was uh, a self-published book. So tell mm -hmm. us about that process. That was your first self-published book. 
Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I bought it back from my publisher and re- and self-published it right. because I felt that we were in an important time in history. Um, Kamala Harris was running for vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the midst of COVID, the countries that did the best were led by women. Um, more women were being uh, elected to heads of states and countries. My cousin, Mia Motley, is a woman and is the prime minister of Barbados. Um, you know, so I thought that it was an important time to talk to women because there was a lot of women's empowerment jargon floating around. And I felt that it needed to be put back into kingdom perspective before we hurt ourselves. So I went to my publisher and I said, I'd like to re release the book and they had reasons for why they couldn't do it in that time frame and maybe by 2022 i said the conversation might be over by then if you're not going to do anything can i have my book back they gave it back to me very graciously Mm -hmm. and so i re-released it and and it did very well and it's still you know selling the power being a woman we did a book club with it and um you know so you've got to take life into your own hands in publishing about now Yes, you can still get a, a great publishing deal, but they're not as fluid as they were before. And you've got to come up with different ways of getting the word out if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. That is it. So mm-hmm. Michelle McKinney Hammond, I just really appreciate you. You are singing. You also are in some movies or you're doing a little bit of acting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that all, all the creativity has been, feels like has been unleashed. In, in terms yes. of everything that, um, that's why they call you the reinvention queen, because yes. you have the ministry, you got the music, you've got the books, the book club. And so every week you do something on um, Zoom. How do people get a part of that? Because you actually have a, a thing where people can join you every week on, um, on Zoom. Yes. If they go to my website at michellehammond.com and sign up on my email list, mm-hmm. they will get a letter or they can go into Eventbrite, Eventbrite and okay. look for MMH Hangout. MMH Hangout. Um, we now, during COVID, from April to September, I had a meeting every Saturday. And right. women came and men also came from all over the world into those calls. Now I do the first Saturday of every month. Okay. okay. And uh, we always have some amazing guests. We've had people like um, Cynthia Hale. We've had, um, oh, I'm trying to think now, Deborah Smith Piguet. We've had Derek. We've had, you know, we've had famous people, not so famous people. But the Terry come? Have you had Terry um, McFadden? Yes, Terry McFadden, Solomon came on. uh, Oh, man, we've had all kinds of people. And uh, so we do everything from relationships to finance to you name it. Oh, Lynn Richardson was on one week. Yeah. So, you know, we just have a great time and um, and people make friends. I mean, it's a place to network because we do do breakout rooms as well as cover a topic and have a Q&A session. So it just is, is just about building up people. So that's the free one. And then I have Love You University, um, Love You Masterclass, which is a relationship masterclass that I'm doing in the next semester starts in September. Okay. And then I'll be starting Come Home with Michelle tours starting in November and continuing next year with trips to Ghana where I will do um, not just the sightseeing, but they'll also have a masterclass with me 
on identity when they're Ooh. here. So people definitely have to sign up to, to know what's going on with you. Yes. Because yes. that, that part sounds really good. You know, me and Mark are like planning to do that with you, like come over there. So yes, you he, need to. He mentioned that not too long ago. And I told him, I said, I'm going to be interviewing Michelle. He says, okay, when are we going to Makana? I said, it's coming. It's, we, the world just opened like a month ago. Okay. It just yes, opened like I mean, a month ago. Really. I'm telling so, you, people are dashing here. They are looking for property to buy and settle down. They're like, we wow. have had enough, you know? Wow. So it's been amazing influx of, of visitors we've had. You know, our president shut the border for seven months. So I lived in London for seven months. Ooh. And um, thank Hello. you. Oh, there's someone, Monica uh, has attended them and she's in the Love You Masterclass. So yeah. there you go. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that testimony, Monica. <laughs> but, um, you know, so uh, I was I was in London and that was when I started the whole hangout thing. Mm -hmm. I, I came back home and said, well, you know, because to be perfectly honest, Pamela, I just feel in my spirit that, you know, the COVID experience is going to be like a three year drama. And so we've got to find um, alternate ways of of reaching people because people are hungrier and thirstier than ever. Yeah. Now is the time to really tap into that, to make the most of social media, to make the most of, um, you know, doing programs that feed people, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, not, it's not a money issue. It is a, a calling issue. And when you do what you're called to do, God provides for you. I've been mir miraculously maintained. And, um, you know, that is a testimony of God being Jehovah Jireh in all that he does. And, uh, you know, I think, too, that what it's doing is it's really separating the wheat from the chaff and that um, those that are really ministry minded are finding their footing and how to do that. And those that were in it for business are falling off because it's just not about that right now. No. So, yeah. 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 So Michelle McKinney Hammond, MichelleHammond.com. She is doing the thing. I'm telling you in Trailblazer but not just stopping at the trailblaze and she's continuing on the trail and make sure that you do with the mmh hangout and she's got the books the power of femininity and my music ministry yes oh my god and on youtube so you could see some of her videos on youtube as well so you're yes as well. very unique music we write all of it ourselves um and my prayer is that we've got a an Easter and a Christmas cantata that we've done with all original music telling the story of Eastern Christmas from Genesis to Revelations. And my dream mm. is for us to travel and go on tour with that because it is really groundbreaking and really exciting. It just makes the season relevant again. And that's, yeah. that's our mission. Yeah. Oh my God. I just love it. I love, I love all the creative stuff that you're doing. It is amazing. And I want to say that, you know, you could have stopped, when you had a million books, you could have stopped here, you just, you know, but you just keep going. And so mm -hmm. it's just refreshing uh, to see that you do all that you do. People can, you know, have you speak virtually, you know, yes. or fly you to yep. the and you could do the tour. I was so just there. Go. I was in, I was in the States and I went, I spoke at Bishop Bronner's and I also spoke at, uh, for John Jenkins. I did a virtual uh, Wednesday night Bible class for him and spoke for the Grace Women. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I, I'll do it virtual. I'll do it live. I'm there. Yes. Rodney Seabird said he'll join you all on the Saturday call. So that Wonderful. was wonderful. Yes. He's the one that's going to be going to Ghana, coming to Ghana in September. So he wants to kind of like, you know, meet you when he does his thing from. Yes, we've been, kind, we've been going back and forth on WhatsApp. I'm looking forward to him and I'll have to have him do a hangout. 
So we'll talk oh, about that. We'll pick a that date. Is cool. That is cool. Yeah. I love it. So I am going to uh, allow people to uh, screenshot this, uh, tag you on your social media, give people a little bit where you are on social media. I think Twitter, you're um, McKinney Hammond. On yeah. Twitter and Instagram, I'm McKinney Hammond. Hammond. And on everything else, I'm Michelle McKinney Hammond. Facebook, YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was. Well, my music ministry actually has their own, which is Relevance Life on all the platforms. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So well, I thank you so much for joining us today. There's a time zone difference. I think it's in the evening for you. It's like early afternoon for us. It's 9.44 p.m. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I know you've had a busy day, but I want to get this in. And so make sure that people that you sign up to get on to her hangouts and all the other things that she has coming up. Mm-hmm. Michelle, thank you so much. Love thank you. you. Love you. Can I just stop and say that I have so appreciated you over the years. You have oh. always supported me. Even when you weren't like assigned to me, you would find opportunities for me. At CBA, I, I, yes, at CBA, I was like, okay, uh, let me get them and put them over here with the other black people because that really, really <laughs> love, love, love her. You know, it's like, I was like, okay, we're going to have her on this special program. It's like, however, South was like, did, did she? Did she just ask for her to come? Yeah, we did. We did. We're going we're gonna to have her over here doing this event. Yes. I I see you and Bunny. Both of you guys yeah. are like my favorite. It was like you were the first ones, the first breakout ones to really yeah. do that. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, um, praise God, you know. Um, and, 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 you know, I want to just encourage people because it, each of us has a unique voice. Um, we have our own way of doing what we do. And it's not about comparing yourself to someone else who's gone before you or is out there presently. It's really about um, embracing your unique voice because you are the person that will touch someone that no one else can touch. And if you can just remember that when you're Mm -hmm. doing what you do and remembering why you're doing it, it will be successful because you just give the best of what you have. And somebody will buy it. Trust me. Somebody's looking for you. Somebody is looking for you. Yes. And you just have to show up. I always say those that show up, go up. So just show up and let God do the rest. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All righty. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle Hammond, michellehammond.com. I'm Pam Perry, and I'm out. Thank you all for watching and listening. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com, where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PamPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch. In order to be considered in media places or superstar stages, PamPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.